Twice a week, Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay dissect the biggest topics in Black culture, politics, and sports on their show, Higher Learning. They discuss the most important and timely conversations while also frequently inviting guests on the podcast and occasionally debating each other. Check out Higher Learning on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Welcome into the Ringerverse. This is, of course, the Ringers Nexus podcast feed for all things fandom. We are... Old Man Van, he of the receding hairline. Coke Baby Chuck, the 24 karat closer. Steve Almond Joy, the cuddly 2022 bear. And Jomi the explainer at dinner on together. We are known as the Midnight Boys. <laughs> Program reminders. It's Boba time. Boba Fett time. Boba, 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 Boba. The House of R will give us their deep dive into chapter three of Boba Fett. That is going to be Friday. Um, and be on the lookout next week for us taking a look at the premiere episode of DC's Peacemaker on HBO Max. Now, I got to say something about Peacemaker here. Peacemaker is something that is uh, it's kind of dividing the Ringerverse family. Hmm. We don't really know about Peacemaker. I'll tell you, this is the thing about Peacemaker. It's not dividing the Ringerverse family. We have questions. All right. We're not really sure yet. We need we need the people because we saw y'all started the Reddit. Y'all going crazy on Facebook. We need y'all to tell us if you tell us, hey, 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 we we excited after you watch a couple episodes. Let us know. We can do it. Right. Yeah. And by the way, we hear you guys. There's a lot of other stuff out there that you guys are interested in. Uh, You guys keep talking about Arcane. You guys are interested in Cobra Kai, which I finally seen all of Cobra Kai. Expanse. Uh, I'm seeing uh, everything. Expanse. Foundation. I've really been watching the MCU. Let's be honest. The MCU sucks up a lot of oxygen. Oh, I, I'll be honest. I've been on a marathon of other TV shows, and I'm actually I feel rejuvenated. It's like doing a different workout in the gym. Like you, like oh, this is what the other side of the world looks like. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll brand the non MCU stuff that we do, the non Disney stuff. We need a name for it when we go off script. Because it's not it's not just the MCU, it's Disney right now. Because right now we're in Boba Fett. We need a name. We need a name when, we, when, we, when we're off the Disney, when we're sort of off the map, off the mouse. Yeah, our, we, need mm. to, we need to really name what we're, It's almost like we're cheating on Disney a little bit. We have our paramours, you know? Yes, like true. Our wives can't check the phones, you feel me? Because we, we need to watch Cobra Kai's and Peacemaker. Yeah, yeah, so a little, little bit, a little bit on the other side. You know what I'm a saying? Midnight like midnight aliens, like, yeah, yeah, a little, little midnight aliens. <gasps> <laughs> Dalians? A midnight aliens, a midnight affair, Ooh. a midnight hey. affair, a midnight affair. Hey. When, we're, when, when we're off of Disney, we're having a midnight affair. We're meeting up with peacemakers, seedy motel in South Central LA. 
<laughs> braving the gang warfare to get locked in with Peacemaker, Station Eleven, or Arcane's. A little something on the side. A little something on the side. Um, we got a fun one for you today, though, because we are diving into uh, episode three of the Book of Boba Fett. We have some nerd news as well. Okay, we're going to get into a little nerd news. And we're locking in with uh, with Steve. He's going to try to make us watch. Uh, what, do you, what do you want us to watch again, Steve? What is it? You're, wa- you're watching Dread. You're watching Dread this week. And Dread. Steve, Steve promised us he'll tell us about uh, yeah. a special I did. Night. I did not a special say story. that. So, yeah, we have, I did not say that. So, so he look, absolutely did. So, I was so, Steve, so Steve, we're going to lock in with Steve, where Steve is going to make us try to watch Dread. Dread, which came out a long time ago, it stars Carl Urban, who you guys might know from Chronicles of Riddick, or of course The Boys, or of course Star Trek. He is in the Judge Dread role that Sylvester Stallone had previously occupied. I don't know if you guys ever heard the the song by Megadeth, "I Am the Law." Have you ever got, has ever heard that song? It's a great yeah. song. I am the law because in Mega <laughs> City, I am the law. That's about Judge Dread. Let me tell you something. Let's say something about rock bands because. I love rock music, you know? And I noticed that when I would listen to Zeppelin, that they were writing songs about the Lord of the Rings and stuff. And I was thinking, that's what you write about when there's no violence in your neighborhood. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> Think about it. When there's no violence, these dudes are writing songs about the Lord of the Rings, Judge Dredd, like if Mega City, I am the law. Like it's a great song. I like the song. But think about it. They didn't have to write songs about the mamas being on crack rock and All things like right. that. I'm not gonna let you get this takeoff. Lupe Fiasco was a kick pushing the th- two thousand for y'all to do that shit. You rapping about Mortal Kombat and shit. Come on. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Whoa, wait, wait. That's Lupe Fiasco raps about world issues and relevant issues to blackness and stuff like I that. I know, but he also me. raps about the other shit, all right? He Let's raps about other hole. stuff, too. Let's not pigeonhole our kings and queens. I'm not pigeonholing anyone. What I'm saying is that there's a whole <laughs> bunch of things that are on the table for Marvin Gaye to write a song about. Led Zeppelin is out here talking about Frodo <laughs> and Sauron and all that stuff. Well, which, by the way, they're coming to Amazon pretty soon. We'll have to do that show. That show will we'll do. That won't be a midnight affair. All right, enough... With the midnight banter, it's time to get into it. Steve will give us the story later on about how he uh, went on a very special first date with a lady and they saw a very important movie. <laughs> very important to our time. Steve, very the, important to our time. Steve the ally Almond. Steve show you how out much, here getting it. We're going to show you how much of an uh, uh, ally Steve is a little later on. But before we do anything, we have to run the spoiler warning for the Reaction Podcast. Give it to me, Steve. We're getting ready to talk about Boba Fett. You're listening to a Reaction Podcast. The spoilers are coming. All right. As always, to bring in our recap, we have to get you guys dialed into what happened on episode three of the Book of Boba Fett. And the only way to do that is to turn it over to Coke Baby Chuck as he gives you the contents, puts you in the know about episode three by doing something we call the Midnight Benefits. All right, episode three, The Streets of Most Espa, directed by Robert Rodriguez, written by Jean Favreau. We start during a briefing. 8D8 informs Boba that the three families of Mosespa are waiting to see what type of leader 
Boba Fett will be when Lord the Peel, a watermonger from the Workers' District, interrupts. Peel petitions Boba to punish a gang of cyborgs who are stealing his water inventory, but when Boba realizes they don't have any work, he employs the group as his enforcers. Then we flash back to Boba's time with the Tusken Raiders. While Boba is negotiating a deal in the town with the Pikes from last episode, the Tuskens are murderously murdered by the Nikto gang and killed. In the present, Boba is ambushed by Chupac and it takes his whole crew to disarm and capture the Black Wookiee. The Hut twins arrive to apologize for the assassination attempt to inform Boba they are leaving the planet because they were misled by the mayor and Tatooine was really promised to another syndicate who we think is the Pikes and they don't want war. The Hut twins give Boba a Rancor calf and Chupac as a parting gift, but Boba freeze Chupac instead and my man he, he jogs off into the night he, he was asking no questions Boba visits the Rancor and its trainer played by the legendary Danny Trejo and bonds with the calf before informing the trainer he wants to learn how to ride it when Boba and Fennec arrive to the mayor's office a chase ensues with the major Jomo who doesn't want to reveal the whereabouts of the mayor cornered by Boba and his enforcers the major Domo reveals that the mayor is working with the pikes and in pork platter this week it's a short one but a good one i'm almost positive i saw pella moto and her droids who are from the mandalorian running in the background did you see that too Vin? i did see her yeah yeah so she makes a little small cameo and last but certainly not least for people who watch the clone wars you'll recognize the rancor uh trainer mentions the witches of dathomir uh who were able to ride the rancors and uh yeah those are the night sisters from the clone wars so super cool but yeah let's get into the episode now i like how you took john favreau and made him a frenchman john Jean favreau you say Jean, Jean Favreau. Jean he probably Favreau. did that. In college, I bet he did that. Because it was already Favreau. He probably went, I am Jean. Nice. <laughs> anyway. Um, immediately thought, immediate thoughts on this episode. Uh, Chuck, a little shorter when this episode, I guess. I bet you guys, bet you guys can guess. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> but Charles, what are your thoughts on it? Shaky Warrior, man, this episode. Woo, I I don't know if they're firing on all cylinders. Uh this 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 teaches us all a good lesson, you know? Making a pizza. Making a pizza seems very, very simple. We all got the same ingredients. You got dough, you got sauce, you uh you got the cheese. But there's a reason that, you know, you can only go to Lucali's in New York and you can go get Domino's anywhere. It's very, very hard to make a pizza, no matter if you have the ingredients. And this episode had all the ingredients, okay? It had it had Chupac. It had the twins. It had it had the intrigue. It had the action. And for some reason, even though it had all the those ingredients to make a great piece of pie, when I got it, I was just like, what are, what's happening? What's what's happening? This is by the end of the episode, I was like, is this all? Is this it? Where where's the rest of my episode and my plot? I think, to be honest, I'm scratching my head because we're half the way through. And I don't necessarily know what Boba wants. I don't know who he's fighting against. There's not really a main antagonist yet. There are so many things left for them to do. And I feel like by episode three, everything should be laid out for us already. We should be going right off, right on tracks, right into the action. So yeah, I was left a little wanting. But Van, you loved it. So what did you love about it? Steve, can I have Steve Rogers, please? 
Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't play stop the cap for me. I'll tell you and why. You know I'll tell you why. Why? I'll tell you why. Why? Because Hawkeye had some of the exact same concern. We were talking about Hawkeye. We were talking about the fact that we don't really know who the big bad is. Sometimes when Hawkeye ends, we're like, that was it. Blah, blah, blah. We weren't talking that shit when Hawkeye was going on. Whoa, 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 whoa. I brought up all of these concerns with Hawkeye. Don't even, I, don't you even do that. Up, don't but you do didn't that. say, you didn't say these are the reasons why the show isn't working. I think it's time that we address something. It's not something. that I don't think the show is, isn't working. I'm saying that it ha- it's halfway through it's and I have concerns. It's time that we address your Boba Bias. Boba Bias. Mm. Come on. Come on. Don't use alliteration to, on me. I think we need to. It's a formidable weapon, alliteration, is it not? <laughs> it's a formidable weapon. I don't know. I don't know who thought about that. There were some guys sitting there right there. Like, look at that terrible two right now. And then the rest of the villagers went, ooh, terrible two. <laughs> when you say it like that, you know, it makes it makes it sound worse. Yeah, this is kind of the way. We've been dealing with this in all of these shows, right? They're limited runs. They're not very long. We're not getting 22 episodes. We talked about this and some of the, how they're going to uh, kind of uh, uh, tie all of these things up. And in some shows, not to bring Hawkeye back up, like Hawkeye, we only got our big bad or our medium bad in the last two episodes of the show. I think it's clearly setting up here that the Pikes are going to be probably the big bad of the show. We got three episodes to work them out. In terms of what the what 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 it's going to be between Pike and Boba, I also think that it's clear that what Boba wants. I think what Boba wants is to, you know, uh, sort of take over most Espa. And what we're seeing week to week is that it's very difficult to do that because of the shadow that Jabba still casts. All of this stuff is still coming down from uh, how strong a figure Jabba the Hutt was. And I would say that that makes a lot of sense. Is it kind of weird to watch a character that was so badass fumble around and fuck around with it for uh, for a little while? Yeah, it is. It's it's weird to see an unsure Boba Fett. It's weird to see a Boba Fett that's a little bit more defanged. It is. Of course it is, because the character was very simple before, and now they're bringing out three dimensions to the character. So it's different, but... I'm enjoying it. I love to see people up against big odds try to put their little family together. You know what I mean? I I am loving Boba Fett, and it's clear to me what's happening. But here's the thing. If we want to be real with Hawkeye, take somebody like Echo. They had a very short time to set up emotionally what drives her so we would care about her and realize that she's really not a villain. Last episode, I was super like excited. I'm like, the twins, the huts, we know what the huts are. We know what they do. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see what, what drives them. Why are they here? Why do they care about this? And then they show up in this next episode and they're like, actually, you know what? Uh, peace out. We're not starting a war here. Uh, fuck off. Uh, we'll see you later. And as a fan, I was left of like, then why did you introduce them if they were only going to be on screen for a total of like a minute or two? I don't, it leaves me wanting like, okay, I was here for this. And now you're like, all right, the Pikes are the villains. And I'm like, well, why, why do I care about the Pikes? I, I don't know them. I don't know what drives them. At least in Hawkeye, I brought up all of the same issues, but we did get a little bit more meat, emotional heft of like, this is why these villains are here standing in, in, in everybody's way. We understood that. Right now, I just don't understand that three episodes into Boba. Who am this I a, rooting but for? This is, a, this, this is a crime story. This is about building up a crime family. 
You know, this is about all, you know, all, all the, the the machinations that it takes to get your 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 dude together. Because he's weak right now. Boba Fett is weak right now. You know, I'm going to stop caping for Boba Fett. You don't like it. That's fine. No, I didn't say that's I didn't like you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't that's throw okay. me to like that. I didn't say I didn't like it. Because here's the thing. Because also, you're capping. Steve, can you play Stop the Cap? Because my man, my man, when you got to the ringer, you had a whole Wire podcast. Mm-hmm talking about some of the greatest, what people would call heroes or villains. We know what makes a good villain. We know what makes a good antagonist, all right? Emotions, drive, the things that they are fighting for, we can understand that. Right now, I don't know what any of the antagonists in Boba Fett are fighting for. So don't tell me in some of the greatest gangster movies, crime movies, whatever, TV shows, The Wire, Sopranos, Godfather, we don't know what these people are fighting for or against. Don't do that. Don't do that, Van. I, I care about this stuff like you. Cool. What did Barzini want in The Godfather? You don't know. See, that's what I'm telling that's, that's, that's what I'm telling you. You know, you have no idea what Barzini wanted. You The, the only thing that, that you know, you have, what, what did Hyman Roth want in Godfather 2? Now, I know, but I know that you don't know. So the reason no, 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 I'm letting you whoa, 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 because you're not letting me fit, but like I'm letting you go. Continue with your with your little rant. Continue <laughs> so, with your little so, rant. So so what I'm what I'm telling you is it's very important to know what the villains want. That's what makes for a good villain. But in a situation like this, the reason why building is it, it, like a, a crime family is more about sort of uh the bill the villains in situations like this are really only roadblocks. Okay. The wire is different. The wire is equally, there's no protagonist in the wire. There's no antagonist in the wire. The cops are both hero and villain. The villains are both hero and villain. Whoa, That's true. So I would argue that the protagonist and the antagonist in something like that is depends upon the eye of the viewer. It, it takes us as the viewer, uh, as society, be like, hmm, are the Barksdales really the villains in this? Are, or not. are the cops? Or are the cops? Here's my thing. A good crime story always like, because if you look at The Godfather, if we take that example, that's another one. Like, who are the villains of this? Who are the antagonists? Depending upon where you're sitting, it changes. Mm. And I'm just saying, I don't know what they're fighting over or for if the huts are literally introduced in the previous episode. And by the end of this episode, they're like, uh, yeah, uh, the mayor promised Tatooine to another place and we're leaving. But that's the thing, though. He's fighting over for control of an entire city, right? And so he doesn't know who he's fighting yet. And so we don't really know who he's fighting yet. I love Boba Fett. I even love this no, conversation. No, no, I want to bring, bring in the other Midnight Boys. Bring him in. I, bring in Jomi. Jomi, bring in Jomi Steve. Steve. Am I wild for thinking Woo! that the third episode was a little bit shakier than the first two? I think a little bit, yeah. I think, mm. I think a little bit. I think... The Pikes were established as the bad guys. Like the twins got out of there because they're like, we don't want beef with the Pikes. And we saw last week that the Pikes were a problem as well. So to that point, I think it was a little off. And we got the twins out of there. We know Tupac is out there. You know what I'm saying? He's out so there. like He's, yeah. So they set up a lot of stuff for the future of, you know, him trying to take over. Mosespa and be the daimyo, be the person in charge. The mayor's on the run. I I liked it. I thought it was thought it was pretty good. I do think it was a tad shaky because immediately we're told that Boba was is now just like the overseer of three families that this city has been split up against because Bib Fortuna could run this shit, so he just had to be a middle manager for all of them. 
And then Bib Fortuna was supposed to just answer and line the pockets of the mayor who was supposed to just do that. So like in the span of Jabba dying, we're supposed to understand that like Jabba's throne or mantle is now kind of severely lessened. And all the while, Boba's just still just trying to catch up and figure things out with all of that stuff. Uh, you did a pretty good job of explaining it to me there, Bucko. Uh, like you, you did a pretty good job to me. It made a, to me it made a whole lot of sense. I don't think I don't think the thing that I'm arguing is that it doesn't make sense. I'm saying after three episodes, right now I'm still kind of just left wondering. Who cares? Uh, look, who cares what? Boba is fighting for or against because there's nothing, there's no force that he's gone up yet against that scares me or makes me, or is the opposite of Boba or is fighting for something that's different than what he wants. You know what the funny thing about that is though? That's the one nitpick that I have with the show. If there is a nitpick, and we'll move on to kind of what's going on here. But the one nitpick that I have in the show is that they treating Boba Fett like Falcon. I remember at one point in the MCU, Falcon was the only Avenger with a losing record. Just getting waxed. It was like, yo, if we need to establish another character, let's bring them in and let them kick Falcon's fucking ass. Falcon got beat up by uh, Rumlow. Then Falcon got beat up by Ant-Man in Ant-Man's first movie. Wasn't even an Avenger yet. It was, you know, it was, it was really, think about it. There was no other Avenger that they would have done that to. Amongst the most racist moments in all of Marvel, there was not another Avenger that they would have done that to. They weren't going to have Black Widow get beat up. They weren't going to have any of those people beat up. They flew Falcon in there. The only person that they left back at the compound to guard the sandwiches, basically. My man got his ass kicked by Ant-Man. Like, they got to let Ant-Man whoop his ass. Come on. Which Ant-Man would whoop his ass, by the way. But, I, um, but we're going to be real. Uh, Boba Fett. But Boba Fett, Boba Fett is taking L's left and right too. Oh my! Like it was like, like when he, he was facing he, off the Chupac. I'm like, come on! I know Boba got more hands than this, bro. Like I know he got more hands than this. Boba, Boba got beat up by the by the uh, by the Force Field Four in the first one. <laughs> the 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 Night Riders of the Wind. They like they beat him up, and then you know, of course, we knew. By the way. We know that his name is Black Chrysanthemum. We know it. We 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 know, but come, I'm we not know naming, I'm not Black saying Black Chrysanthemum. Black Chrysanthemum is cool. Chupac, shout out to Chupac, Chupaca. Shout out to everybody on the Facebook group that was throwing the name. We like these names. Wookie Tupac, Wookpac. Like, we, we like these names. These are the names that we like. God came in with Boba and whooped Boba ass. So if, if anything, I think Boba is like, he's really taking a little bit too many L's. They're really exposing their play. These first three episodes have been really about playing up the weakness in Boba Fett. And I think that they're doing that to give him something to overcome. Maybe a little bit some more your point, Charles, in the last three episodes. So that when he triumphs, it really feels like he won against all odds. Well, you got to remember, he's still sleeping in that tank every night. So he's not 100 percent there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I yeah, don't know. I don't know if that's enough. I, I don't know if that's enough. Luke Skywalker was in the back, uh, in the back to pod too, and he wasn't taking this many ups. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what? You gotta, you gotta re- you respect, so, respect you was, Chewbacca, bro. You were so disgusted when you said that. You're like. Luke was in it too. He wasn't taking this many L's. <laughs> Just to let you know, like this didn't affect Luke Skywalker like it affected Boba Fett. Charles, to be honest with you, let's just be honest with you. Having some fun with Charles. These are all things that I read. 
for some reason, the Boba Fett, uh, the Boba Fett show is seems to be a little bit more polarizing among Star Wars fans uh, than some of the other stuff that's come out. It has, and oh, uh, it's it split the fandom in in a way where I'm like, oh, I did not expect it to be this polarizing because I like I probably enjoyed the first two episodes more than a lot of the people who like we see y'all on Twitter. They call in a soft. Some people are calling a soft for not going in on Boba a little bit. How am I soft? I love Boba Fett. <laughs> I'm, I, you guys, I'm being for real. I, I gotta be for real with you. I, I don't know why this is. I like Boba Fett more than any of this stuff that we've watched. I like Boba Fett as much as anything as we've ever watched. I Whoa. love Boba Fett. <laughs> being for real, just TV shows or TV shows and movies. Don't backtrack. Just, just don't TV Boba shows. backtrack. Don't Boba backtrack. Because I, because I wasn't. I wasn't thinking about. I wasn't thinking about putting movies in there, so I had to think about it. I was totally thinking about TV shows, so I had to think about it. Oh, but I, so I like, you like you like I, Boba, you like Boba more than uh, Loki? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here! It's it's only three episodes. Van, we no, got no. back to this. We got to come back to this when it's over. We have to come back to it when it's over. I am a child again with Boba Fett. I don't know more, why. Do you like it better than Spider Man No Way Home? Come on, man. Come on. It's a movie. You just want me to say something. <laughs> you you want to backtracking now. Come on. No. 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 Like, stick what are you to your doing? shit. You just, want a hot, shit. you just want a hot take. I wasn't even thinking about movies when I was comparing. <laughs> you just want a hot take. You're like one of these ESPN reporters that, that, that asked Nick Saban, Nick, do you love football? What, what? So Nick can go, what kind of question is that? I live for this game. Um, all right. Um, I like now, how we're throwing Boba in front of every B word. Like it's Boba. like it's quantum in the in the MCU. Boba How they back, just throw quantum in front of everything. Boba backpedal. Yeah, I like it. I, you, you, it's the way to do it. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Uh, so Stephen Root cameo. Stephen Root makes everything better. You guys know Stephen Root. He's been in a million things. Uh, he is the character actor's character actor. He plays Lothar Peel, who beseeches Boba to get rid of a street gang that's stealing his water. God damn it. Think about living in a society where the gangs are stealing water. Come on, Lord Peel. You know, we want these kids to be dehydrated. Just give them some water. I, I mean, son to, of a bitch. To be fair, uh, we do live in a society uh, where we have to steal water. So that's very we true. Don't, we don't have to really imagine it, man. It's very true all over the world. It's very true. Very astute, Charles. I mean, even in the States. Yeah, it's true, true, true. You're right. Charles, you're right. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. Forgive me for saying that. Like, I, that was a very elitist thing to say. It's very true. But they later find out that he charges too much for his water, and that is how we meet the cyberpunks. They need oh. their own theme song. This is how we meet them. We meet the cyborg punks of most Espa. I like to call them the Cobra Kai kids of Tatooine. <laughs> I, would, I would back off on that. They're the Mighty Morphin Tatooine Rangers. All I right, love so that I too. Was, no, 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 no. It's, Jomi, 
that's giving them too much credit. Y'all don't know what this is, but like my like my mom used to have to like go to Value City and she would like get me some VHSs and she would get me like the bootleg Power Rangers. Like there was like the Beetleborgs that weren't Power Rangers. They were just like Beetle, like they were cyborg Beetles. And I was just like, this is, this ain't even Power Rangers, bro. Like when I saw them, I'm like, come on, Boba. When he made them their forces, I was like, Boba, I know you could you could get better soldiers than this, better foot shoulders. Come okay, on. let's talk about them. A lot of people are going to be talking about them in this episode. We're going to do a little midnight <laughs> a tally for all four midnight boys. Do we like them? No. No, big no. <laughs> big no. That's from me, Jomi's team. <laughs> go, go, Tatooine Rangers, man. I'm in. I'm tapped in. I like the kids. We got to talk about their bikes. The bikes were bad. The Vespas were bad. The bikes were bad. <laughs> the I like the kids. Like, I like the kids. I like the, the kids. I do. The I Vespas, genuinely do. Come on. The come bikes on. are bad. That that did leave a little bit to be desired, for sure. For sure. Like that's not that's not Star Wars. That's not like Van. I'll let you be. Like, did you like did you like the Tatooine Rangers? They okay. I, I I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't. They a little too. They were a little colorful for me. They okay. And I if they're. If they're like as they didn't come across as badass as uh as Lord's Appeal said that they were. Cause they, they didn't come across as badass. I mean, they're good for numbers. You need numbers. So you gotta get some kids, you know what I mean? They good for numbers, but they didn't come off as badass to me. They were describing the group as cyborgs who are enhancing themselves with droid parts. I'm like, oh shit, they about to be badass. Like, all right. I was like, cool. And then when I see them like standing next to the Vespas, I'm like, this is the the gang who's stealing all the water in the workers district that we're supposed to be afraid of. Uh, it, it left a little bit to be desired. The black dude with the eye in front of him. Like, I'm sorry. He's looking like Doom Patrol cyborg. Like I know Disney guy. You know what they look like? Remember those, that group, the A-teens? Yes. Remember them? And they used to cover ABBA songs. Yes. And it took, it, it, it took me like, uh, it literally took me like a year of them being around for me to just realize that they were doing all ABBA songs. And I was like, so that's your thing? Your thing is you're a whole group. Just doing ABBA songs. And you just do ABBA songs. Think about that. Think about how weird that is. But they were around for a while. They were cool. They were good. Hold on, hold on, hold on for a second. Steve. What? You were an 18s fan? I know, not a fan, but like they did good covers of ABBA songs. I got to defend Steve right here. You don't like ABBA? I like ABBA. That's not what I said. Okay, nobody's talking about ABBA. I think I think that Come they on. did good covers of ABBA songs. I, I do. Like it's it's a weird thing to be, but like yeah, yeah. I think the covers were good. Steve, have you ever bought <laughs> an eighteen? <laughs> Hold on for a second. Okay, have you ever bought an eighteen single or eighteen's no, record? No, no, no. You have any eighteens like downloaded on your shit? No, <laughs> no. I remember when that when I was a kid and they, they were playing on the radio, and you liked them. Yeah. You are the first 18s fan that I've ever actually met, and I'm I'm fascinated with this. Okay, but all right, I'm not I'm not. It's not a, Steve. It's not a. No, diss. I, you're 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 poking a bit. But it's, I'm not I'm not poking. It's not a. It's you, not a you're poking you're poking the cuddly bear a little bit. But I'm I'm learning so much. Steve Steve loves the 18s, and I didn't know Van. He loves him some Led Zeppelin. Oh, do I love Zeppelin? Do I love Zeppelin? Woo-hoo. So if you had to give yourself one cyborg or droid body part to enhance yourself, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> why why oh, are you, wow. you laughing with that maniacal uh, laugh? Because it's like, whatever, you know, you know, people are going to say all kinds of 
you know, saucy things, but what would it be All for right, you, let's Charles? not be saucy, okay? No. Well, what All would right, it be for no. you? What would it be for Ooh. you? Ooh, I always wanted like a like a cyborg from the original Teen Titans cartoon, like Blaster, like one of those arm blasters. I, those are so fucking cool. I don't know what I would be blasting, but wait, wait, wait. Ooh, would I want legs to run faster? No, I'm going to stick with blasters. I'm going to stick with blasters. What about you? So it would be legs for me, and I'll tell you why. Because I used to watch, because at first, when I was a kid, there was a, when I was a kid, it was actually before I was born, they had Steve, uh, Steve Austin, the $6 million man. Mm-hmm. And then they had the Bionic Woman. So when I was coming along, they no longer had the TV show out, right? Because I had gone off the air, but they had TV specials that they would do. And they would do like the return of the $6 million man. And then they would do the Bionic Woman. And then it would be like the Bionic Kid or something. And then like Sandra Bullock was in one of them. She was in, she was like a Bionic girl of some sort. She was Bionic. And I remember this kid, uh, he had got into an accident and he was close to Steve, to Steve Austin. And he goes, will I ever walk again? And Steve Austin goes, no, you'll run faster than any man has ever run before. And I was like, oh my God, this kid doesn't even know what's going on. He's about to be bionic or something. They made him bionic. And then his thing was he could run super fast. And I was like, after a while, I'm like, that's what I would want to do. I would like to be bionic and like run. Steve, can you uh, drop our new drop for uh, Old Man Van? Van is old. (laughs) 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 Oh, damn. Who is that kid? Who is that child, Steve? That's, That's the son of my best friend, JT. Oh, uh, shout, shout out to him. Shout out JT's little kid. That was JT. amazing. Perfect. Perfect. Respect your elders, JT. Yo, but I, I will say you don't want to feel the, the sand in your feet. If you you have robot feet, you'll never feel like uh, the warm, a warm sheets of a bed. Well, it depends. I don't think these guys can, but um, but I think you can feel it when it makes six million dollar man cyborg. You know, but that's that's a good point though. But these kids. I'm not gonna lie. As much as I love this episode, I'm not gonna act like these kids totally worked. Nah, come on. Let me let, let's be uh, object. They didn't totally work. They didn't totally work. In the large part, some would say they didn't work at all. Some say some could say that they seem like they're in a totally different show. Um. So so uh. Yeah. I'm not. I wasn't the hugest fan, but I still think that you know. Uh, I'm interested to see how he uses them. Obviously, it was uh, one of their ranks that spot the Pikes later on, and so on and so forth, and so on and so forth. Do you think that when with the kids, I'm also a little confused where I'm like, there are so many cool bounty hunters in Star Wars, whether you're going back to Legends, whether you're going to the, the current canon. I'm like, Boba has to have a roster of other bounty hunters he could just call up that could have done the job. You wouldn't want to trust a bounty hunter because they're going to be out for the highest bidder. So what you what you want more than anything in that situation is someone that you can understand their motives, that you mm-hmm. get them a little bit, that's probably not seasoned and that's hardened as some of your bounty hunters. Remember when he even tells Chupac, uh, you know, be careful who you bounty hunt for and all of that stuff. So he knows that the bounty hunters are a cutthroat gang. These kids are probably a little bit more impressionable. I would rather have them and you know, uh, fair point. You want you want young. You want 
youngins you can mold. You can really ingrain with with the soldier's mentality. I got you. All right, so let's talk about the Tuscan flashbacks here. I love the flashbacks. Didn't get as much flashback as I wanted in this episode, but I still thought it, was, it did its part in this episode because it was uh, it held its weight because it was very, very sad, very impactful. Uh, you know, this is when Boba Fett goes, talks to the Pikes, comes back, and his camp of Tuscans has been destroyed, and he has to burn all of his pals. You see that he's af- he's obviously got some standing in him because he's now riding on the back of a bacta. Um, but it's it's terrible, if I'm gonna be honest with you. It's a gutting, gutting scene, what Boba's going through uh with the Tuscans. I know the Tuscans haven't been your exact favorite part, some of these flashbacks of of Boba Fett thus far. Did you like an episode, Charles, that maybe had a little bit of less of that than what we've gotten um up to this point? I mean, we'll get we'll get soon to my favorite part of the episode. So there are parts of the episode that I really did think that worked. Uh, Uh My thing with the Tuscans, I was left a little confused because I don't know if the show was trying to tell us that all the Tuscans from that tribe have died or just some of them. Uh Um, Because I was just like, there's no way that they would kill off the Tuscans so fast after we've spent so much time with them. We've kind of emotionally invested in that journey. So Van, did you think that they were saying that all of the Tuscans have died or this is just a certain amount of them and the other ones have escaped? Well, I don't think that was all the Tuscans. And I'm not sure about that, but I would imagine the Tuscans to be sort of spread out amongst different tribes or different clans amongst Tatooine. We I do know that there are other clans. I was just, I was just like, oh, so they killed... <clears throat> I left thinking they killed some of the Tuscans... And the rest of them have have fled, and he's they going might to have, have to. They they might. I'm not sure about that. I have I'd be interested to get the other Midnight Boys' opinions on that. I'm not sure about that. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think, I think he killed, or the Speeder Gang killed a bunch of them, but we don't know if any survived or any got away. Right, that might be something that happens down the line, toward the end of the show. But as for right now, we got to just assume that they're all dead and they got them all. I also feel like that's tough to believe because, uh, you know, we, we see when we see him in uh, Mandalorian, uh, he comes up with another, you know, group of Tusken Raiders, uh, seemingly because like he's earned their respect as well. So it has to have been some sort of bleed through if that tribe was entirely wiped out or if some were not wiped out. Also, it's tough to believe that that one speeder gang wiped out that entire tribe because like, even Boba himself says, like, we outnumber them vastly. I actually took that part as uh, the Pikes playing Boba, where I don't actually think it might have been the gang who did it. I think the Pikes, because they were worried about the Pikes' numbers, I could see that being the Pikes and they're blaming it on the Nikto gang, the bike gang. Because, yeah, to your point, Steve, we saw the, we saw their numbers in the previous episode and Boba seems very unfazed by them. And to be clear, he dispatched of them very easily. Beat the shit out he, of them. He learned a lot of martial arts from the Tuscan Raiders. And, 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 so I find that, it hard to believe that they would do that. Yeah. And so that was kind of a thing for me uh, that made that particular scene. Like he was in there as one guy and beat really a whole little crew of bikers. So I wonder how many they sent. And I also wonder if maybe they had some help because it, it, it didn't seem like that would happen to the Tuscans that we knew. Or uh, perhaps they were caught off guard. Maybe they were, he got them when they were, you know, Tuscan bathing. 
at some point, who, who knows whatever was going on, who knows what was happening. Um, but yeah, very, very sad. Very, very, very sad situation for me. But Charles, are the flashbacks here growing on you in any way? Do you see the point of them in the show? I mean, I see the point of them. I've always seen the point of them. I definitely do think that that is supposed to, to be building up the emotional heft of what Boba is fighting for, why he's fighting for this planet. Um, I believe it's the twins who say something to the effect of like, who cares? Like this, this, this planet is a nothing, it's a nothing planet. Why are we fighting over this shit? And there's an emotional attachment that Boba has to it. Um, I just think in this episode, when it came, I was just a little bit like, there, there's no way that the Tuscans are dead. I, I didn't even feel sad because I'm just like, th- they would honor that storyline a little bit better because we've spent 60% of the series so far with them. So, um, so yeah, I, it was short, so I didn't really care. And then after it, we get my man Chupac. All eyes on me. Woo! Coming in. Yeah, Chupac is here. Fucks Boba up, let's be honest. Gives him the business. Gives uh gives Boba the business. Uh really gives the business to not just Boba, but to the Cobra Kai kids. Um, it, it like it, it's not until Boba's full crew uh jumps in that they are able to subdue him. Um the power of Chupac for me, he seems like the baddest ass of all badasses in this entire show. Am I wrong for thinking that right now? Oh, no, 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 no. He is. He is formidable in a way that I was a little bit when when his fight was happening, I wasn't rooting for Boba. I was rooting for Chupac. I'm like, God damn. He opens the uh, up the Boctopod. He rips Boba out. And the whole time I'm like, Boba, like, can you fight back? Like, what are what is happening, bro? Also, like, didn't have his armor on though. Caught him sleeping. Didn't have I, his armor on. My thing is, think about the skill of Chupac there. Not only to to actually be in the fight, but to slip past all of the guards at that size uh, and catch him at a moment where he is really, really vulnerable when he's like, you know, kind of getting his recharge on. Like that just doesn't just show you that he's a brawler. He's also got some really refined assassin type skills to get in there. All right. I I took the opposite from that. I was more so like, Y'all let this big black Wookiee sneak into y'all crib. Like, who, who is guarding this shit, bro? Like, you just got the fucking Power Rangers. Nobody's at the door. Nobody's outside of uh, Boba's. Boba's oh, well, uh, no, nah, nah, Charles, they haven't got their morphers yet. So, you know, they're still learning, <laughs> you know, how to do the Power Ranger thing. So Also, we know that those original, that original gang of, of guards just sleeps through everything. Yeah, I'm just like, come on. Like, Boba, really? Like, you can't even protect home? Like, I could see you walking through the streets and getting caught slipping, but you at home and nobody is up. Get a ring camera, for Christ's sake. Something. Yeah. <laughs> something. You gotta have something. Upgrade. Oh, by the way, uh, Boba, not a very, like, uh, stern leader. How can I say this? Like, he 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 catches you. He'll let you go. He'll put you back into circulation. You know, he, he catches an assassin. He's not a very, he's not an evil, mean, bad dude. I'm looking for the right word here. Somebody help me with the word. He's not ruthless? Ruthless. Ruthless is the word I'm looking for. Thank you, Jomi. He's not a very ruthless uh, a crime boss. He, everyone who tries to kill him, he recirculates him. Chupac was out of there. He was running. Yeah, he was. When he was, he was just like, he's, he, was, he peaced out. 
But you know what, though? He also probably wasn't used to a situation where he would be released like that. He probably thought, yo, I failed in my mission. Um, I'm going to be killed here. Like, there's no way that they'll let me go. I'm going to be killed here. So he probably didn't think that he was going to... Um, Wait, do you think Do you think that uh, Chupac and Boba are about to team up? At some point, I do. I think they're blood brothers now. I think Chupac is going to be like... He's like, I have, I have a debt. I owe you a debt. You freed me. Well, you know, I've looked at, I've looked into some of the comic backgrounds on this, and there is some, um, they they could call back to that. There's some precedence to them kind of being joining forces and kind of being on the wait, same side. Wait, wait, uh, Van, you tell the tell the uh, listeners you went on a little bit of a journey uh, of uh, reading about uh, Black Chrysanthemum or however you say his name. Black Chrysanthemum. Yeah, I wanted to know more about Black Chrysanthemum because I haven't been keeping up with the Star Wars comic books, so. Learned a little bit about him. He actually did escape. Uh, in, he escaped the Wookiee planet, which was being enslaved after the events of Revenge of the Sith. They took him. So it's weird that this brother actually was a slave. Wait, so was, he, he was really enslaved after Revenge of the Sith right. in the comics? Oh, oh shit, the, I didn't in, know In the that. comic books. Yeah, and so uh, gets his way out of that, becomes a gladiator, and you see him on different, um, has had a lot of fights. Actually had a fight with Luke Skywalker. Was and he giving, was he giving Luke the business? It was going, it was going well for him, but obviously Luke is Luke. So I, it's a very rich character that I wasn't really aware of before I started watching this show. Um, Cause I haven't gotten as much into the Star Wars comic book stuff as I should, as I should be. There's a lot of stuff out there. So a very, very rich character. And in there, there are some, some times where he forms alliances with Boba Fett. So this could be setting him up to come back and maybe be a part uh, of Boba Fett's situation here um, on most Espo. But we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. The Rancor comes in. The Huts deliver the Rancor to Boba. I like the domestication of a Rancor because I always wondered about that scene where the Rancor is killed and the guy is super upset about it. I'm like, how the fuck could you be upset? Fucking thing was like, you know, whatever. My, my dad, rest his soul, my dad would be like, that's his pet. That's his boy. He feed him every day. He see him every day. That's his man. Another thing about the Rancor being gifted is very important to me because the Rancor to me, and I'm tell me if I'm going too deep into this, is almost like it's representative of Bulba's place right now as a crime boss. It's still a baby. It still hasn't made its imprint. It still hasn't become the wild, strong, crazy beast that it's going to be. At some point, Boba is not going to need a litter because he's going to be riding around on the back of the Rancor and everybody is going to know that when you see Boba Fett riding on the back of the fucking Rancor, it is time to bend the fucking knee. But we're not to that point yet. The Rancor is still a baby. It still has its blinders on. It doesn't really know. Boba is still as a crime boss, a baby with the blinders on, doesn't really know, fighting off all of these things left and right. But when they come together in their strength, that's going to be the triumphant moment of this series when Boba, much like uh, the Queen of Dragons, is on the back of the beast that is imprinted on him and we're taking shit over. Hopefully they don't kill no kids. Van, I'm going uh, to keep it real with you. 
Uh, you could take all those metaphors and symbolism to the House of R, working title. They release every Friday, okay? <laughs> but ser- seriously, <laughs> I think that is exactly what is happening. Um, I do think it was beautiful when um, my man Danny, the legend, was just like, he's like, stand over there. The first person that he sees, he's going to emotionally imprint on. And I immediately was like, did Bozeman do that to you, Van? Did he emotionally imprint on you or Kalika? Kalika. Really? Bozeman, I mean, we all know. I mean, everyone here has been around Bozeman except for you. When Bozeman sees dad, it's time for fun. Like, not, I, I, like when Bozeman sees me, it's like, there's nothing like Bozeman doesn't listen to me. I could literally be eating a piece of chicken. Bozeman will walk up to me, give me that chicken, and snatch that chicken right out of my hand and then run. If it like, and Kalika could be in the other, Kalika could be in the other room. Uh-uh. And he drops it. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. Bo- when Bozeman sees me, Bo- Bozeman. Well, see, when Bozeman's over, what does Bozeman do? What does oh, he my do? God. Just, he, he borderline jumps on you. Yeah, he just goes nuts. Yeah, he goes nuts. He just, he just, <laughs> he like, he loves people. He's six foot three. Like, he, he, he loves people. He likes to have a fun time. He's a dog that's full of life. But when Kalika's around, hey, hey, hey. He listens, so it's definitely her. I will, I will say, though, the Rancor... I do think it speaks to a lot of Boba's character because Jabba was just like, yo, our rancor is just eating people. Like, if you cross me, Luke, you're in there. With uh, with Boba, he sees this this beast, this monster, and he's like, oh, he starts petting it. He's just like, uh, he, he finds something in that rancor within himself. He's like, damn, I'm a little calf. I'm a little monster. I know you. The baseline of this show is about which leadership style is better, right? The baseline of this show is, is it better to lead through fear or is it better to lead through respect and maybe a tiny little splash of love? That's the baseline of this show, right? So his relationship with the Rancor as opposed to Jabba's relationship with the Rancor, that's actually a very keen observation because Jabba might have not gotten the most out of the Rancor that he could get. Sure, the Rancor exists as a savage, brutal beast that you know, everybody will be afraid of, and you can make sure that, uh, you know, throw people into the Rancor pit, whatever. But could you get more out of the Rancor if you actually loved it? If you actually treated it like a bro, could the Rancor actually do more? And if you treat people with respect and not use fear as your tactic, can you actually get more out of them? Can you actually build a better and stronger crime boss syndicate family with respect than you can with fear? Because remember, Phoenix says fear is easier and it always is. But is it better? We definitely know uh, that respect is harder. And is it worth it? Let's take it one place further. Is the baby Rancor a symbol for the planet Tatooine? If you love and cherish this thing, you can get more out of this planet. When he was with the Tusken Raiders, he realizes, no, there's still water here. You need to dig for it, but there's still water here. There's there's still beauty on this planet. When he sees, I don't think they work as characters, but when he sees the workers in the worker district, the Power Rangers, he's just like, there's a better way to go about this world. He easily could have been like, this, this man, this watermonger is about to pay me triple what he does, double, triple what he, he he was going to, but it means more to this planet 
if I give back to the workers. He's trying to be a worker of the people. He's the Bernie Sanders tattoo. Yeah. Either that or the Rancor is, you know. Just a Rancor. <laughs> or he's just the planet by the twins and is going to end up trying to eat Boba Fett. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe the Rancor could be lying, lying in wait. I think, and it goes back to why, you know, Boba Fett lets, you know, initially gives the the assassin back to the the mayor and then lets uh, Wookiee Tupac go because, you know, he's, he's past all that. You know, he's li- he's living life differently. A regular crime boss would have had both of those dudes killed, you know, as soon as they could, as soon as they were useless to him. But Boba's like, hey, I'm a different type of leader, you know. Different I'm type of guy. Gentler, you know, softer. So right. let them guys go. It's like LL Cool J, that song, I'm that type of guy. You guys remember that joint? Okay. All right. right. Uh, Whatever. Fuck you guys. (laughs) (laughs) The the mayor. So the mayor is absent in this, but still casts a large shadow. Um, The mayor's emissary is one of my favorite characters on the show. Love him. Love him. Love him. We all know that guy. If there's one character in this show that we all know is the guy that speaks for the guy that you don't want to talk to, you just want to talk to the guy. You know what I mean? Like I don't oh, want to, yeah. I don't need I don't need to talk to you. You can't do nothing. You think you can do everything because you think you're that guy. You're not that guy. Get out of my way. Let me go talk to the guy I need to talk to. Uh, but the mayor seems to be kind of behind the controls, but at the same time, still being used a little bit. Three episodes in, what do you make of the mayor, Chuck? I don't know. I've gone so back and forth. In the beginning, in the first episode, uh, we're meant to believe that he's this ominous presence. Uh, the second episode, I believe it was, he's like, I'm not behind this shit. You got, you got to figure out who is behind it. And now he's working with the Pikes. So maybe he was playing Boba, Boba all along. So it's really hard to tell. It's very hard to tell. Wait, can you, I you, can I ask you this though? Sure. Uh, there's a big there's a big uh, speed chase with the major domo, where the vespas the the brightly colored vespas are uh, put on put on screen. I thought this was hilarious. I'm just like, what are these vespas supposed to do with this? Like they were like, if you notice, one of the little cyborg teens was just like, my vespa's faster than yours. And yeah, like, guys, these these don't put fear in my heart at all. They didn't work. They didn't work. Let me be honest with you. The the, the way the vespas look, uh, they they didn't work. I'm not. I'm look. I, I'm not. On, I'm not looking at the world through looking at Tatooine through Boba Fett colored glasses. I got to be honest with you. The vespas didn't work. They weren't fun. They didn't seem dangerous. They didn't seem like they were going very fast. It's, you know what it seemed like? It seemed like the hoverboard chase in uh, Back to the Future Two, <laughs> <laughs> complete with. Him oh, sideswiping into something yes, and having something yes, fall yes. in his car. All right, <laughs> exactly. It seemed, it seemed like the hoverboard chase in Back to the Future 2. But the only problem is the hoverboard chase in Back to the Future 2 is way, way better. It's cool. So, <laughs> I wanted a hoverboard. I do not want a floating Vespa. All right. So uh didn't didn't really, really work. I gotta be honest about that. Okay. That that's those are our uh amazing. Crazy, meandering, instant reaction thoughts to a uh, Bo- book of Boba Fett 
uh, episode three. Let's get to some nerd news. Eternals has released on Disney Plus today with the release on streaming of the Eternals. Is this grounds for a midnight mulligan on this movie? Should we re-examine what we think, what we thought, what we thought we knew about the Eternals? I'm going to be real because Old Man Van... And uh, Steve the Cuddly Bear are wildin'. So y'all can pick. Either you're going to have a mulligan against Eternals or we're going to do Matrix 4. I cannot keep going back to these films that we did not like that much when they happened. And then be like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Maybe we were wrong. So which one do you think is more important to have a mulligan for? Eternals or Matrix Resurrections? Steve? I mean, I would want the Matrix, but I think there's grounds to you know, finds a bit more, find a bit more silver linings in the Eternals. I think we, I think we found all the silver linings. I think all of the silver linings were found. Here's, here's what I'll say. Let me, let me be, let me be diplomatic about this. No, don't be diplomatic about it. You weren't diplomatic about Zack Snyder. You weren't diplomatic about Snyderverse. Don't be diplomatic about this. Okay, fair enough. You know what? I'm going to, I'm rolling to my villain arc. Here we go. Let, we can talk about Eternals. I'm shutting down every single Mulligan conversation about Matrix Resurrections. I'm not letting Ooh, that happen. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. I'm <laughs> yeah. not letting y'all do that. I'm not letting y'all rewrite history. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Here's the greatest thing about that is that you have absolutely negative 10% power about I can't, whether or I can't not we do that. I can't actually do that. No, no, no. Joey has 25% of the Midnight Boys power. He has 25%. No, he, he, only needs, he only so, needs another so, 25. So, he only needs so, one more so, vote. So, he only needs one more vote. So he like... He needs one more vote. So what? Here's the deal. Negative 10% power. So the reality... So the reality is this. This is the reality. The Midnight Mulligan is reserved for the most controversial takes that we thought we had. Let me tell you why I think we should do, we should save the Midnight Mulligan for the Matrix. Let me tell you why. Okay. It's not that the Matrix is going to be good. Okay. It's not that the movie is actually good. I don't think that it's good. I do think though, that that the Wachowskis and Warner Brothers assumed in making these Matrix sequels and making this, this Matrix sequel, they assumed that people actually understood the first Matrix. I think we all watched it. I think we watched it well enough to, 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 uh, to get that, like, whether or not the movie worked for us or not. But I think story-wise, I don't think a lot of people actually understood the Matrix. If I was to ask people right now, explain to me the six cycles of humanity uh, in the Matrix right now, which is an absolutely concrete base level thing you have to get to understand Resurrections and to really get into the movie. I don't think most people could. And the reason why is because I couldn't. So the reality is, even though the movie I still think has piss poor fight scenes, is is bloated and all of these things, not not it's actually not bloated now. 
I think that there's some oh. things that I get about the movie now that I didn't get because I don't think people understand. All the right, first so this is what I'm going to do. We're actually going to do Midnight Mulligan, and this is what we're going to do because it's not fair for Joe, me, and me to make the final count. I want Van and you, Steve, to make your case. I want you to make the case to to Joe, me, and I, and then we're going to have the Midnight Riders and the Midnight Bob vote on whether your argument makes Matrix Resurrections better. We're going to have a whole segment. I want y'all guys okay. to prep. Okay. And then we'll okay. vote. We can, we can do this. We'll do this later. We'll do this we'll later. Do, we'll do this later. We'll do this later. But I'm, I'm proposing right now, not necessarily just a midnight mulligan. Let's re-examine the Matrix Resurrections. I'm already going to tell you right now, it's not going to hit for me. Two reasons. One, <laughs> if, I have to do, if I have to do homework after the fact... It's not a good movie. Like, that's just it. Two, and more importantly, this is Steve's fault. Big Wachowski over here went and had to call Van up and was like, hey, Van, this is, is what that what happened? happened. That's literally the opposite of what happened. No, no, wait. Guys, save it for Midnight it, Mulligan. We're, no, we're no, giving no, 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 it's no, no. big. Is that, I, look, but, wait, 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 this is one. This is one. This is Steve's fault. Thing. Big Wachowski <laughs> can't have the movie be mid. No, 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 it can't no, no, be no, bad. No, no, no. I just, just this one point. Steve, is that what happened? That is not what happened. I called Steve up while Steve was in Chicago. Yes. We talked for 20 minutes. We talked for 20 minutes about the fact that I don't think my assessment of the Matrix Resurrections was fair because I don't think I ever truly grasped and understood the intricacies of the first Matrix. Jesus Christ. Not the first one, but the first trilogy. As As a minority shareholder in the Midnight Boys, I would also like to put forward that like I think that that's a lot of story and lore that we could re-examine and have a good time with. And I think that that's a lot of, that's a, it's a rich text. <laughs> Matrix Jomi's done. Jomi's is exhausted. Done, bro. I just don't understand. We all saw the same movie. I know. It's, it's a bad movie. <laughs> Jomi, give him the chance. Give him the chance. Okay. Midnight Mulligan. Midnight Mulligan. Let's do it. Let's do it. The audience will vote. The audience will vote on whether Van and Steve Makes sense. Here's the other thing. Let's wrap it up with Eternals. Do you guys think that Eternals being on Disney Plus, people will soften on this movie? Absolutely. Well, I said it at the time. I thought the fans would really enjoy this movie. And I think their response to it being on Disney Plus available for everybody right now is really great. So, yeah, people are like, man, this people are like really in the Reddits going like, why were y'all so mad about this movie? This movie was All right, great. Because well, yeah, yeah. I, I said this know? before the pod. If, if if you could just sit, everything to me is better when I sit at home and don't have to pay to watch it. Every, everything is better, okay? It's like when your company has like lo- free lunch for the day. I don't care what the free lunch is. It could be the worst pizza. I'm like, I did not pay for this. This is amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, you're paying for Disney Plus, so you're paying for something. But uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I, wait, how do you know? Uh, actually, my brother is paying well, the people for are Disney paying. Plus. <laughs> my brother is well, paying, right. paying for Steve, uh, Disney Plus, Steve. All right, we're all not Richie Rich, okay? Now, let's talk about other news. The Batman is confirmed PG-13. You guys told me this was going to be a slick, stylish detective noir in the vein of Chinatown. And it was going to be R-rated with all of that and all of that stuff. No, PG-13 Dark Batman movie is coming, okay? By the way, to everyone that's listening to this, both Charles and I are very excited to watch Batman when it comes out, okay? Oh, did they get on us? They, I was seeing them get mad. I, I, we're excited to see the Riddler in a hoodie 
not really a hoodie and a mat. <laughs> like whatever it is, weird science. The Riddler and some Jesus get up. They said that man looked like Kanye West. He does. He does. <laughs> yeah, what he looks like. You know what I mean? Did you guys feel like this movie needed to be rated R? Seriously. No. We know what Batman is. Like, we know what Batman is to Warner. That's like people being like, why isn't my Captain America movie rated R? Like, it's. Batman is their crown jewel. This is the movie that they're like, this is the one that we want to make the most money. He's the hero that gets rebooted constantly. Would an R-rated movie be cool? Yeah, I would love an R-rated movie. Are we ever going to get that? No. If they're, if they're paying millions upon millions of dollars to put a Batman movie in theaters, they are going to make it PG-13 till the end of time because that's just how capitalism works. Did Am I being an asshole for just being like, yeah, this was always what they were going to do? No, not no. at all. The Batman movie has to be as four quadrant as possible. And they're already walking the line of it being four quadrant with how dark and gritty and all of that stuff it's going to be. Uh, but at a certain point, you still want a large chunk of kids, young adults, and whomever to be able to see go see a Batman movie. Um, even if you're talking about like, I don't know, your your preteens or whatever, and you just can't lose that market share by making the movie rated R. You can't. Take something like The Peacemaker Show. That is a very, very mature show, like The Suicide Squad was, and you can do that because uh, those are heroes that, to be quite honest, most people don't care about outside of Harley Quinn. So you can do that. When it's Batman, they can't have Robert Pattinson running out here, you know, Punching people's lights out, killing people, seeing acid titties everywhere. It's just not, that's not going to happen. Like, <laughs> really, be honest with you, they, they went far enough with how uh, Affleck was just doming people out. Kill, man. Like in, in, in Batman versus Superman. Just like I, I remember watching it in the theater. I was, I was like 15. And she was like, what? I was like, that's how many people Batman's killed in the last couple of scenes. <laughs> like Batman's going nuts. Plus, with how, you know, theaters are going, you got to sell them tickets. You know what I'm saying? So rated R is not going to make that happen. You got to have a PG-13. Plus, like, you know, th- even think about Suicide Squad. Like, that's a whole different, you know, audience. That's a whole different. I mean, Suicide um, Squad thing. being R, like, I could see Warner being, like, seeing the ticket returns on that and be like, man, like, until people can go to the movie theaters again. I don't know if we're doing an R-rated superhero movie anytime soon again, unless it's The Joker 2. Yeah, you can trick parents into taking their kids to see, like, a PG-13 rated Batman, not an R-rated Batman though, like that's already is going to be tough. Already exactly. is going to be tough. Already, so, you know, tough. yeah, got to get them ticket sales. I ain't mad at gotta you, get WB. Get your money. Get the money. Get your money, WB. Get that money, cause y'all, y'all. I'm sure y'all broke over there. Hey, oh, hey, right. hey. It's a relax. Joke. They're doing great. We love you, WB. Uh, let's get locked in right now. Steve has something that he wants us to to, to watch. He really is. He's and then really he's got a story for us as well. Finally, the white man going behind bars. Steve. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll keep it quick. I, inspired by a tweet that I had out for you guys, Dread, starring Carl Urban, Leah Henley, a.k.a. Cersei Lannister, Dom Hall Gleason. what? Amazing remake, way better than it has any other right to be. I don't think I can find anything better in a genre of movies where it's a remake that has no right to exist, but it's way better than it has any right to be. If I could probably sum up a comp for this, It's The Raid with Carl Urban. He plays Mm. a futuristic, post-apocalyptic, megacity cop that basically has is judge, jury, and executioner for any perp that he he deems fit. He and his crack team of officers gets caught in a 
mega they slug. They crack? He said that they, they got a, a team of crackheads with them. No, no, no. Of, of crack officers. Of like <laughs> a crack team. A great oh, team. Oh, crack team. Oh, Are they on crack? Like, Not a team that does <laughs> crack. Steve, on the midnight meter, on the midnight meter, what would you grade this? This is an eight. An eight? Yes, this is an eight. Eight on the midnight meter. This is, very, this is rock solid. Carl Urban, first of all, you do not see the upper part of his face. You just see, you just see this the entire time. You do, not, you do not see his full face. And for some reason, he's still acting his ass off. It's great. Action's super fun. Music's cool. Pretty much everything about the story is really fun. And like, I can't think of any better 80s action movie remake that's been better than this. It's, it's really, really mm. good. Well, when you say '80s action movie remake. What movie came out in the '80s? That well, like there was a time in like the early 2010s and onward where they were like remaking like '80s action films. Like they remade Red Dawn. They remade RoboCop. Terrible, terrible. Twenty One Jump Street. Good. That's good. Karate Kid. Uh huh. Terrible. Miami Vice. Worse than bad. Worse than bad. Miami Vice was. Yeah, that was bad. Uh-huh. Remember the Hitcher? They remade yeah. the Hitcher. Uh huh. That was that wasn't that great. Uh, this one's good. I actually do like the RoboCop remake, but that's another time. Judge Judge Dredd, but the movie Judge Dredd did not come out in the eighties. It came out in the nineties. In the nineties, excuse me. A, well, in of that ilk, you know. That, what I, of that well, ilk, I know Steve, you. you know what? Yes. I will do this. Steve, if you do me one favor, mm-hmm. I will watch this movie. Can you do me one favor? Okay. So, guys, listeners, you on the Midnight Boys, you know, Steve, he's down with the cause. Uh, He's our B-Rabbit. He is our Fez on Euphoria. All right. He's he's down with the cause. Fez on Euphoria. And uh, before uh, we started recording, he told us about a special date, a special movie he saw for the first time on a date. And Van, Jomi, and I would like him to share this story about it's not even a, it's not it's not a story it's really i, I have questions so steve right, fine you have a question what movie did you see on one of your first dates uh we saw selma <laughs> oh my god that's what i'm talking the, about steve. the a the ava <laughs> duvernay biopic of martin luther king jr <laughs> set the scene how old were you what where were like you 20, at in your life 26 was she black yes <laughs> let me tell you something let me tell you something let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you, let me tell you something. This is, the shit, this is the shit that I'm talking about right here. Yo. Look, look, yo. Look, this is the shit that I'm talking. This is the shit that I'm talking about right here. Let me tell you. There are certain people who are activists, and there are certain people that my brother calls sactivists. And that means that they do what they have to do. They do what they have to do. All right. Until they get these woke ladies into the sack. Steve, let me tell you something. Steve is looking at movies. Steve is. I didn't pick this, by the way. This was not my pick. Yeah, right, Steve. No. Let's let's say. You think I want to roll the dice with that? No. So let me tell you something. This is what happens. Steve is looking. He's he's on his phone. You know, like uh, Dr. Strange. He's like, ah, she's not going to be into that. What can her and I go see? It doesn't. No, she picked this. She picked that movie. She was she was a little apprehensive. I will say, she's like, "Do you want to watch this? Did you make sure, like, like a like a psycho, one little tear Tear. just (laughs) dropped down your cheek, and you made sure she saw it, and you squeeze her hand real tight, and be like, "What a tragedy!" There was the part where like the FBI rolls up, and I like I like sunk into my chair. I was like, "So uncomfortable." You know what Steve probably did. He probably studied up on everything that went down and then peppered her <laughs> no. with factoids during the movie. 
Yeah, this hey, is you know, know this is inaccurate to the yeah, yeah exactly. Song. You know this that's is actually not the way that yeah. it's actually not the way that happened. Yeah, because see Abernathy, King, all of these guys. This is what was really going on. There's a great book about it. You should probably read. It's called. <laughs> 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 she think like you know what I'm saying. She thinks she out there, you know, like dealing with one of the wokest of all time. Steve, you you a bad motherfucker, Steve. Steve. I love Steve, man. Get so, Steve, in. you a that's what Martin Luther King Day really next week too. That's crazy, Steve. You Martin Luther King Day is next week. Next I week. propose that we <laughs> do a Selma watch along. Steve, <laughs> Steve still got a number. Does she want to come on? Bring her. I got to spit game to somebody while watching but, but, Selma. Steve, look how proud of you, of, of you she would be. I only see one white I, dude here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you, like you take. Look how proud she would be, Steve. Wow, Steve, Steve down for the cause. <gasps> Selma Steve. Absolutely Selma Steve. not. Selma, Selma Steve. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> New nickname for 2022. <laughs> Selma Steve, the curly <laughs> warfare. <laughs> Steve is so uncomfortable. Hey, quick question. Quick question, though. Selma is an interesting movie to go on a date to. First date. We're like, unless y'all married, that's that's wild. Would you like, what do you guys think? Like, would you rather take a date to see Selma or would you have taken a date to see Get Out? It, I, I would say Selma because Get Out, I, I could see there being all kinds of feelings after she left Get Out with you, Steve. Oh, yeah. I'm the enemy there. She might be looking at you like you wanted to harvest her organs or something. <laughs> like, yeah, you can't go. You Get Out, you can't do. Get out, you can't do that. That's an outstanding question, young Jomi the Explorer. Jomi the question. Steve is coming over to our house. He was like, it, it, it was the fifth day of Kwanzaa. He's he got to celebrate. He got the hoofy on. He's like, what? That's enough. That's enough, guys. Uh, Selma Steve, thank you for that story. That's gonna. That's got some miles on it right there. That's a wrap for us. Uh, if you guys want much, more, more maturity, the House of R will be back with a deep dive on Booger Boba Fett on... Uh, Friday, I am absolutely loving Boba Fett. You guys know that. Uh, all the Midnight Boys love that. And Charles's idea was the right idea. None of us has the power to stop or start a topic on this podcast, but you do. You do have the power. Mm-hmm. You do have the power. So if you want to hear a Midnight Mulligan on the Matrix Resurrections, whether you liked it or not, uh, let us know. If not, we'll skip it, and me and Steve will keep it in the group chat. Um, next Wednesday, we're going to be back to give our reactions on what will probably be another booming episode of the Book of Boba Fett Cannot Wait, and our Peacemaker coverage is coming soon. At Ringerverse is on Facebook, IG, and Twitter. And now on Reddit. I see you, Reddit. R slash Ringerverse on Reddit. We love you guys. Whatever you say, that's your form to get off your opinions. So uh, no holds barred. Keep it going. Uh, join and send questions, ideas, and thoughts. Producer credits. We cannot do this without uh, Steve, Selma Steve, Almond Joy, the cuddly woke bear. Steve Almond. Of course, Jomi Adinaron on socials. Hashtag free Jomi. Hashtag promote Jomi. Jomi's doing an amazing job on social media. An additional production by Arjuna Ramgopal and, of course, producer TD. Charles, take us out. Black Lives Matter, fighting against racism is all something we need to practice. But my boy, Selma Steve, is the greatest sactivist of the <laughs> <laughs>
Got one more thing. Oh, I didn't more, bring friend. it up on, on in the past episode, but I've been seeing rumors out there. So fast forward a minute or two if you don't want to hear these rumors. But I've been seeing rumors out here uh, that they think that they're going to pull a Mandalorian season two. And instead of Luke Skywalker showing up at the age of Skywalker, it's going to be Han. Would you want to see a de-aged Han Solo in Book of Boba Fett? I'd rather see Kenobi because it's feel, I feel like it makes more sense. He's um, on planet. Well, he, yeah. should, he should be on planet at this point. He should be on planet, or, I mean, we don't know. Maybe that's where we no, he's, know that he's... Kenobi's he's dead. dead at this point. That man, big dead. This is after Return of the Jedi. This, oh, he's dead. shit. This is, he is dead. Sorry. Super dead. Uh, edit that out. Wait, 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 wait. Who's dead? Kenobi's Kenobi. dead. Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yeah, he's, he's dead, dead he at this point. He didn't die in the first Star Wars in New Hope? You guys, what are you guys fucking talking about? You guys sound like morons right now. This is set after. This is set um, after Return of the this Jedi. Is, Jedi. This is set after Return of the Jedi. Obi Wan Kenobi is not alive. No, excuse me. This is set after Return of the Sith. No, 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 no. no, no. no. This is no, set after wow. the Return of the wow. Jedi. Van, keep it Dude. in. Van, keep it in. Van, we're keeping it. In. We're keeping that in. Absolutely. All this days. Well, all this how days. can we? How can we keep that in when we just took something out for Charles last show? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Arjuna. Old man Van Drops. Van is old. <laughs>